Hey everyone, welcome back. Brand new episode of What's Good. We're joined today, our special guest, SNY anchor reporter, Maria Marino. Maria, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey, Maria, you work in the New York sports scene. Uh, we both grew up in that area. We know how passionate people are about sports there. And I was thinking as we talk about what's good on this program, just having sports back must feel good for the fans. What's been the feedback as you've been able to get back to doing what you do and cover sports? How are the New York fans handling that? I think the feedback has been mostly positive from fans. There are some skeptics out there about the long-term viability, particularly with Major League Baseball, since they're not in a bubble situation, and also the unknowns of all of the college sports that we're looking forward to hopefully seeing at some point. But overwhelmingly positive. People are just happy to have sports back, happy to have something to watch. And I don't think I've heard too many complaints, and I certainly haven't been complaining about the product that we've seen. I think it's still been great competition. I don't mind the fact that we don't see your typical fans. Of course, we'd love to have the fans there, but it's okay. You know, the, the product is still there and it's still entertaining. So I, I've been loving it. I think most fans are too. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to watch. I was watching NBA scrimmages before they even started the games in the bubble. Oh, I yeah. would watch practice video of someone <laughs> shooting in a driveway. People talk a lot about the, the, the passion of a New York sports fan. They say, oh, if someone gets traded to New York, they might not work out because they can't handle the, the media scrutiny and the love. How do you describe a New York sports fan? They, they care so much about their teams, not to discredit other cities' sports fans, but there is a love there that is hard to top. I think New York sports fans are tough mainly because of uh, the norms in this area. You're from around here, so you understand. I think we're very straightforward. <laughs> we're very direct. We really don't sugarcoat things. We just tell you how we feel. Uh, and that's not to say that we're not nice people, but I just think that sometimes we skip the niceties and just, you know, kind of get right to the point, mainly because it's such a fast pace of living here and everyone's hustling and grinding from place to place. I think throughout the pandemic, that maybe have slowed down, maybe have slowed down a bit, which isn't necessarily a bad thing from that aspect. But uh, I also think that New York fans and New York media can sometimes get a little bit of a bad rap because... Sure, there are more outlets here and more teams here and a, a lot more reporters to answer to. But in today's landscape with social media and just, I mean, that world is like shrinking. And I just think that uh, depending on the market, there's not so much of a, um, like a difference anymore between markets. I'm sure that there are situations where you're in scrums and you're in press conferences and there aren't as many reporters as there would be say at a New York sporting event. But at the same time, I feel like everybody's under pressure. I don't care really what market you're from. Everybody's under pressure. There's no doubt about that. And, and you're right. Social media has been the great equalizer where even if you're <laughs> in a place that doesn't have five local newspapers and 10 stations, yeah. you still feel that intensity. This pandemic time, it's been a weird time. I feel like a lot of people have kind of taking the time to think about their life and the path they're on. And I was reading about your career and that initially you didn't, you didn't work in sports, right? You were, you were doing other things and now you're so invested in sports and it's such a big part of your life. As we have kind of this moment of reflection, when you think back on a, a life for you that doesn't involve sports all the time, what kind of feelings come to mind? I think it was a, 
a feeling of uncertainty um, because I had so many diverse interests. And um, I think once I recognized that sports was what I was most passionate about and what gave me the most joy, uh, that's when I zeroed in on it and I felt more clarity in my purpose. However, there was a time where I worked in local news for about a year which was fantastic because it wasn't the, the type of stuff that you would just turn on the TV and see. It was really hyper-local. So it, we had a very specific niche area that we covered and our audience would really get the stories that affected them directly and in their backyard. So that was kind of unique and interesting. But when I was really um, shuffling about sort of where... I wanted to direct my attention and my focus. Of course, I was following just the news in general. And I think everyone's feeling this a little bit today where it can be overwhelming and a bit depressing. And so I don't want it to, I don't want to sound as though I ran from that. I just, I, it was, I just felt like it would weigh on me a lot. Some, some stories that I would cover would like just really, um, it, it would, it would bother me because I would feel like, there wasn't enough I could really do to help certain scenarios. And um, so I just found when I would talk about sports, I was able to be happy and share that happiness and hopefully um, influence others to just feel like a, a happy sort of passion. And um, as I mentioned lately, there's just been so much going on and I find that I spend just as much time, if not more, conversing about really important issues and news of the day as opposed to just sports because I can't, you know, I have to be in tune with that. I think that's a social responsibility that we all have. And um, I mean, just like literally this morning, I, I had probably an hour long discussion with my boyfriend. We watched the movie Lincoln. <laughs> yesterday. Sure. Um, you know, I, I've just been like consuming a lot of different um, content and, and things that have made me think about where we are socially, have made me think about where we are politically in this country. And um, so it's very important, but I just think it was too much for me to make my career. And, um, and that's why uh, I gravitated partly towards sports and um, I, I was just lucky enough that I, I found a path to do that. You brought up a great point. And, and uh, I've, I've worked in a newsroom too, where you look at that A block for the evening news and it's murder, accident, murder, accident. And it's like, this is heavy. Like, I understand we have to talk about this. Uh, and sports was always kind of like the great escape, right? And now in, in today's climate, it's interesting. You probably have to circle a bit back to some of your news uh, days because we all have to be, kind of like part-time epidemiologists in, uh, in this when we're covering, well, how does coronavirus affect the team that we're covering and there's tests and what does all that mean as far as people play? What's been the challenge to kind of merge, as you said, these really important day-to-day -day issues with also covering sports? So there's certainly been a blend and a carryover more than ever before. And even before the coronavirus pandemic, we were seeing a lot of glimpses of this, especially uh, when it came to um, social justice messages. And I don't, I'm careful not to say political messages there because I do think a lot of times people confuse the two and they do sort of um, 
they lap, like kind of lap over each other. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, I don't always think that what certain athletes are uh, projecting is political, even though you might associate with associate it with a political side. A lot of times it's really a specific cause. And I think we have to be mindful of that because as um, sports uh, talking heads, we get criticized a lot for not sticking to sports. Athletes, same thing. Um, ke keeping sports the great escape. And it's, I don't think we can do that anymore. Uh, we just can't. There's just, there's not only factually too much overlap, but also, like I was saying before about a social responsibility where, you know, athletes and anyone that has a platform are, are thinking about how to be conscious of using that platform to make um, necessary change and also not live in this comfort. And I think, uh, unfortunately, um, there are many people who are content to live in their, their comfort zones. And uh, what's happened and what's been happening, especially more and more in the past few months is we have to have those uncomfortable conversations. We have to really have a give and take and have what I feel should be a civil discourse where we're not, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the cancel culture either. We're not, you know, throwing stones the second somebody says something that's differing opinion from the one that we might hold. It's, it's really like, listening and thinking critically and and that takes time it takes effort it takes patience it's certainly not always fun it's certainly not always easy we we want to spend our time doing other things but um but at the end of the day i think we have to we have to go beyond that um as a society uh if we're if we really want to be the best we can be across the board you hit on I don't so even, many things there. I'm sorry. I, I don't even remember what the, what the crux of your question was, and, and if I answered it. but <laughs> No, no. It, it, look, it, there, there, there's a lot in there, but I thought it was good. Um, a couple of things that jumped out to me. One, you know, this idea of, of sports is a great escape, right? I think, to your point, it's gotten so, so big, and it's such a big business, and there's fans involved. You have so many people from different backgrounds involved. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible, as you alluded to, for these other – important things to not bleed into it, right? Whether it's a social justice issue or something else that's going on, it, it means so much to various people of those communities. The other thing I thought was interesting, and this has been something I've, I've been thinking about for a long time, but uh, the idea of media literacy is so important for people and it is, it is so lost on so many. And you've, you've worn those different hats, right? The way that you have to be as a reporter, if you're going to go out and tell a story versus you're on a panel show and this is just what I think as a fan, are two fundamentally different things, yes? Yes and no, uh, because I'm not just going out and spewing opinions without context. I think, sure. um, and I don't just mean, you know, react to what you see. I mean, again, critical thinking and not looking at the surface, really looking beyond. And as I'm prepping for uh, different topics that I might discuss where I have to give my opinion, my, my goal is to give an informed opinion that can help shape the narrative uh, in a way that um, explains it as a complete narrative. And you can then, as the viewer or whoever's consuming it, you can use that um, and have, a, have an accurate view of what is going on to determine you know, how you feel about it. Um, so 
I would say that they're, they are, they are two different things, but they're more related than you think. I take a lot of pride and I, I take it very seriously when I'm asked my opinion about a subject. And that could be a subject. It could be as, as, as silly as, you know, um, something like very hard sports X's and O's to something that has to do with sort of a bigger picture, a social justice issue, a political issue, a news issue, uh, something to do with the pandemic that also, um, you know, affects sports. It could be, you know, as, as serious or as sort of inconsequential, if you want to say that. What I'm saying, my opinion on something is because I really took time to um, analyze the story. If I have questions, if there's anything I have questions about, I figure out the answers to those questions before I am in a position to give my opinion on it. Um, and I try to um, have a complete understanding of it uh, before I go and do that. So it's, um, so it's it, being able to analyze the facts for sure is the most important thing, but that's only the first step. Then it's, what does this mean? You know, and in journalism, we talk about like the five W's, the who, what, sure. where, when. And then when you get to that why, then all of a sudden you're really unraveling, you know, when you get to the why and the how. And um, you mentioned media literacy. I think that is so important. And I felt this way for over a decade, you know, since I was in high school learning journalism and then studying uh, journalism in college. We talk about like, what are sort of your, um, your core classes when you say you have, you know, college or even high school nowadays, they have sort of your core recommended classes, your requirements. And I really feel that media and communication and, and how messages are presented and editorial decisions, I think those are things that everybody should really be aware of. It's, it's more important to me than some other <laughs> requirements because we consume content every day and we need to understand um, to, how to look beyond a headline, how to read between the lines, how to, how to understand who is reporting the story, who the source is, you know, ask all those questions and keep those things in mind. And, and that's how we get like a true understanding of what's really happening. And um, there's, there's positives and negatives to what we have in front of us with social media on the positive side we have access to some really incredible reporting and, and storytelling and content and information and anything we can think of, we could probably find. The negative side is that we have to be willing to look for it and look beyond what we see when we're scrolling through our feed for a, you know, a second here, a second there, looking beyond a headline, looking at who's tweeting it, looking at who's sharing it. Um, I think it's really important to understand who owns certain media outlets and mm -hmm. You know, all of those things, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a journalism nerd and obviously a media nerd, but I, so I might be biased, I'll admit, but I think that that's really important for this general public to be able to go about their day to day. No, and, look, I, hey, I, I, I yeah. totally agree, right? I mean, I, I, was, I, I was leading you right there with it. I think it's so crucial because you hit on all those important things, right? You need to know where something's coming from, who's saying it, what, what sort of research, what sort of fact gathering they've done and then to your point right that next step of like then interpreting the data or the facts or the quotes or the interview whatever it is or the history to make better sense out of it this is stuff that is there there's no downside 
for the general public having a better understanding of media literacy. True. That's actually a perfect way to say it. There's no downside to yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I would say to people that are passionate about certain subjects, you know, question yourself a little bit, test yourself a little bit and say to my, say to yourself, like, am I just taking this for surface? Am I just, is this what I think? And, and this is confirming it. So I'm just going to go with it. You know, it's up to the consumer in a sense, you know, if they want to, I guess, you know, everyone can live their own life, but I think it's up to the person. If you're spouting opinions, make sure you know what you're talking about. Well, thanks for joining our webinar on media literacy. This has been <laughs> yes. Maria Engress. Um, on, on to maybe a little bit of a lighter topic, but something I was, I was uh, curious to ask you about. You get a chance to spend a lot of time around the UConn women, women's basketball team. Get to interview uh, some of the best women's basketball players in the country that go to UConn, Coach Gina Oriema. I've talked to a few different athletes, media during this time, about those that are in um, high-stakes scenarios, right? So they're around a team that is high-performing or they are a high-performing athlete. When you're covering a team that you know is so strong, how does that elevate your game? You want to try and potentially match UConn the way you do your job. That's a good way to put it. I do feel it elevates my game because I have so much respect for what I'm covering, the athletes, the coaches, the programs, that I need to do it justice. <laughs> you know, I, I, have to, I have to make sure I'm telling these stories with accuracy and uh, with context and making sure that I can highlight exactly what uh, this group or, or this athlete is accomplishing and, and what it means. Um, I'm so impressed and I, I'm so impressed with a lot of the athletes I've covered, but using UConn specifically as an example, um, I've said it before on multiple platforms, Gina Oriema is one of the best coaches ever period. Um, and being around him and, and seeing everything that, that he's built and, and not just from a winning standpoint, I think people lose sight of that sometimes. These coaches, and, and Gino's a prime example, they are, they are really um, impacting people's lives on an incredibly deep level. And to think about all of the people that have come through his program and what they've been able to accomplish at the collegiate level, at the professional level, on an Olympic level, um, it's really incredible. And, and on top of that, he fosters um, their, their passions. Uh, he doesn't have them shy away from things that they're, that are important to them. He encourages them to speak their minds and to have a voice and just look at all the examples. Okay. Um, Sue Bird, uh, Brianna Stewart, think about some of the things that they fight for and they stand for apart from just basketball and even current players in his program. Um, his players after, um, the tragic, death of, of George Floyd was captured on video and the whole country had a response. They were pretty much the first collegiate program to come together. The students, the student athletes, not the coach, student athletes coming together and putting out a statement about what this all means and about their responsibility. And um, I don't know if all the, all programs out there um, afford students that, um, assurance that it's okay for them to have thoughts beyond basketball, to have thoughts beyond the sport that, that they're in. Um, and so 
I, uh, I respect these athletes beyond just uh, their athletic ability, their mental toughness with what they have to balance and deal with the pressures, um, the, the pressures physically as well, and, uh, and also what they stand for beyond, uh, beyond the court. And, um, so I say all this to, to sum up, I, I guess that I just, it, it definitely makes me raise my game because I have a duty to make sure people understand or to show uh, what these athletes are, are accomplishing, the work that they put in and, um, and how they use their platform as well. You talked about UConn and the athletes doing things beyond the basketball court, right? Right, kind of coming together as a group and um, f figuring out ways to raise awareness and the passing of George Floyd, focus in on that. Does that come as a byproduct of the culture that's been created in that team that they feel like they can do things beyond basketball? Is it is it a result of having uh, so many driven people come together and and just by by that nature they they want to pursue things beyond just the sport? You know, the the people at the highest levels they often don't want to just be boxed into one thing, right? They want to show you they can do other stuff because they have other interests. Where, where do you think that comes from with this group? You bring up an interesting point because I swear I was thinking about this recently. I was even discussing it with uh, a beat writer from Hartford, Connecticut about the UConn program because, and, and let me just say, I'd be remiss not to mention someone like Maya Moore who, you know, dedicated uh, a lot of her time and, and sacrificed much of her career to focus on social justice issues and, and real change. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Renee Montgomery is another name that comes to mind who this season opted out of the WNBA uh, to focus her efforts specifically on that and on education reform. And so I started to think about it and I'm just rattling off all these names and there's more that I haven't mentioned. But um, and I was thinking about the Yukon connection. And just like you said, is this like a chicken or the egg thing? You know, is this I think, and it's, it's both. I think it's a combination of the type of person and the type of athlete that somebody like Gina Oriema um, recruits. Um, and I also think it's the environment once they get there that um, they're trying to build leadership. They're trying to build um, responsibility um, and just being smart, um, understanding uh, that their voice has an impact because of the attention that the school gets and the attention that these athletes get. So, um, yeah, I, I really think it's both. It's, um, you know, I think it, it just so happens that uh, a lot of these athletes are, they are smart and they, especially, especially more recently, I, I think that, um, I mean, there's examples throughout history, but you know, um, I think of LeBron James and, and his slogan more than an athlete. And it's mm -hmm. really true. It's really true. And I think that's so admirable and uh, brave. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to dip back into kind of like the media technique uh, pool one more time. When you're, when you're interviewing coaches and athletes around UConn, it's a team that is known for winning so often. They have so much success, right? Not that they haven't had, had some losses sure. over the last couple of seasons, but when they they do it so often and sometimes and i've and i've dealt with this covering like really dominant teams as well 
it can look almost simple, but they work really hard to make it look that good. And you have to talk to them often after they repeatedly do the same thing over and over again that makes them look excellent. How do you ask questions that make it interesting and new each time? I think uh, coach helps me a lot because people think that Gino Ariema just wants to win, but he actually wants more than that. He wants to win the right way. So this season, um, mainly in conference play, I mean, they, UConn swept, right? Which is not new um, since they were in the American Athletic Conference. Now they're moving back to the Big East. Mm -hmm. But um, so, yeah, I, I don't think, knock on wood, I don't think I've covered a game. No, I definitely, I haven't covered a game that they've lost that I've been on the sideline for. Mm -hmm. um, and so his goal is always bigger picture he wants to win each possession. He wants to win every minute of the game. Um, so I know I can recognize luckily based on my time with the team and, and going to shoot arounds and uh, when I do get to talk to coach, like I can see what they're trying to work on and I can see when they get a bucket, but it's not the way that he wanted to get it. Or, you know, when they're working on very specific skills and the UConn audience is very dialed in and very dedicated and they follow that too. I really think that they find it interesting because last season's a great example. This team, they had three losses in the regular season, all to the top three teams in the country. So uh, they lost to Baylor, they lost to uh, Oregon and South Carolina. Um, I felt they were playing their best basketball as the, um, the season was winding down and in the conference championship. And I, I was so eager, like so many to see what they would do come tournament time. Cause that's what it's all about. Um, but all the other games, you know, that um, I'm covering, I'm seeing the progression. The win is a win is a win, but how you get there matters. And I could see one win being just a lot better, looking a lot sharper, looking, um, a lot more like what Gino wanted to see than, you know, the one before. Um, and there was, uh, there was a game that I covered that down in Memphis was horrible. Uh, <laughs> it was one of the most challenging experiences of my life for more than one reason. It was like, just seemed like everything was going wrong that, that day, like technical difficulties, whatever. And on top of it, they were in trouble. Like they were really, you know, they almost lost. They still won, which is great. But even though they won, coach was pissed off because they, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um, and I want to clarify something because I think that there was, a, there was this narrative out there when UConn was winning, 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 undefeated and, you know, championship after championship. I think there was a narrative out there that it got boring to watch because, oh, they're always going to win. Sure. I think for people that know basketball and, I mean, really – I used to watch their, those games, even when they were blowing teams out, I was so impressed with the beauty of it and how fundamentally sound they were and like how perfect, like just this well-oiled machine. And I found that extremely entertaining. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you know, when the Warriors were winning 73 games and when the Patriots were going 16-0, and I bet you a lot of people enjoyed watching that too. 
So yeah, I mean, you know, the disparity there. there of you know men's and women's sports, right? And just a little bit, not, a little bit, a little bit, right? I mean, people not paying enough attention to know, right? Uh, they're not as invested in in UConn and women's basketball the way they might be in 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 the NBA or in the NFL. Because Perhaps. to your point, UConn practices i would imagine i haven't been uconn practice is probably one of the more fierce uh basketball environments you could come across because you don't 100%. blow teams out like that without having some epic workouts like to get to that point where you win by 40 points it's because you've worked extremely hard it's not because the other team is that bad it's you're that yeah. good um for sure it's been really really interesting here uh we kind of touched on so many different things i i love the conversation we close it out the way we do every what's good with three questions. First up, in this pandemic time, we're talking about the idea of kind of like self-care. What's what's something you've done for yourself, Maria? It was it was hard for a bit. I think it's hard for a lot of people. Um, and I had to kind of force myself to have, have some self-care. But when it became acceptable, I was able to sort of find my hobby again, which is playing beach volleyball. Nice. random but that's my that's my thing I try to play every week pick up games and um I would say midway through the summer again when when things in this area kind of calm down and beach volleyball is a a sport that you're outdoors it's usually only a few people I play 2v2 so doubles and uh you know just getting escaping to the beach one day a week driving an hour and um and playing ball has been what I've done for me I would say Excellent. Well, hopefully we can get some ABP back in Manhattan <laughs> again or down in yes. Belmar on Jersey Shore. Um, what's, what's something you've done for someone else during this pandemic time? Um, well, speaking generally, I think sometimes uh, the most important thing you can do for someone is just like make their day, just give them a bit of kindness, uh, a word of encouragement, a compliment. Um, and I, I, I live by that because it makes me feel good too, selfishly. Um, but I think um, along those lines, something I've tried to do is always be kind of open to people who are seeking advice or seeking help, uh, particularly with this industry. Mm -hmm. And um, just, I, just as an example, like the other day, um, there was somebody who tweeted me and um, actually knew of them. Like we have some um, far off connection. And I just like said, hey, you know, when you're getting into your senior year of college, like, reach out and give me a call and let's talk, you know, and I've gotten a chance. I've been fortunate to do that with a, a number of people. Um, and I like it. I, I, if I can, you know, give some perspective and, and some, um, some thoughts that might help somebody kind of figure out or navigate their path, decide if it's even what they want to pursue, um, give thoughtful feedback. I like to do that. So, um, you know, actually just last week I was on, like, uh, I did an interview for a student blog, which, um, I hoped was, uh, you know, was helpful. And, um, yeah, so that's a, that's something I try to do. And that's look, and all, all of us that do this, right. We've certainly reached out to someone else who's been able to give yes. us some advice. So there's no reason why you shouldn't pay it forward to the next person. And then the very last thing, what's, what's something recently that made you really laugh out loud? Not like, uh, that's funny, but like really laugh. Um, I'm just going to use the most recent example. Um, last night, um, I was watching NBA with my boyfriend and I think his sister sent him a, uh, a clip from that time that Fergie sang the national anthem. Okay. 
<laughs> was that the all-star game i'm trying to remember um, i'm terrible with dates a, right now it's all just blending together but i think it was an all-star game from like a couple years ago and like it was a clip and i feel bad because all right let's just get this out there fergie she can sing yes, but i think yes. she just went a little rogue with like her rendition of national anthem and the players were kind of like cracking up and like we were just dying laughing over that <laughs> perfect perfect you know sometimes it's like it's like a little thing but it is the perfect thing that can make you laugh um yes maria marina this is uh, really a pleasure great to talk with you thanks so much for joining us thanks again for having me